0: You're listening to the 100% LCFC podcast, brought to you by 100%
3: LCFC and Owen Palmeracken. Hello, you are listening to the 100% LCFC podcast. Owen Palmeracken here, and I'm joined in the studio. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a treat for you. I am joined by both Alan Young and Phil Holloway at the same time. Don't say we don't give anything to you, ladies and gents. Good afternoon, gentlemen.
1: Good afternoon, Owen. Hi Owen. How are you doing? You are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever called Phil a treat? <laughs> Whenever has he been a treat? <laughs> Not even my wife says that. Uh-huh. Oh, Trust yeah. me, Alan. No, yeah, right, so. we won't go there. No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so today then uh today then we're gonna be going over the Bournemouth uh, draw on Saturday. Uh we'll also be looking ahead to the international break and talking whether Leicester City are more suited to a four four two. Formation. So let's get straight into Saturday's game. Of course, Leicester City picks up a 1-1 draw away at Bournemouth. Now, Alan, first of all, let's get your thoughts on that. Is that a good point or is it two points dropped for Leicester City?
1: I, know, I think in the circumstances, Owen, I think it's a great point. And I think uh, the majority or most of our supporters will definitely um, accept that. And if you look at the table, the table doesn't lie. We are where we are because of a point at Bournemouth, a point at home is Tottenham. And a couple of wins So Mm. Long may it continue I mean if we can go All season It's not going to happen But if we can go all season Getting a point away from home Nicking a point And getting most of our wins At home We're going to be just
3: fine Mm. Phil, what were your thoughts uh, on the on the game on Saturday? I mean, initially, before the
2: season started, I thought, uh, if you looked at the first fixtures, you probably thought Bournemouth away was a chance to pick up three points. But as it, as it's developed, and you've got to see how they've come up, and they, they won the championship quite easily last season and and looked a good quality team. Eddie, Eddie Howe down there has, has built a good team, and he looks like he's a great coach and manager. So as, as you've seen them win very well away at West Ham and look all right in their two other defeats, it, I think we all knew before we went there it probably wasn't going to be a straightforward game. No, there's no game in the Premier League that's easy no, anyway. No, not at
1: all. So. I, I think we've gone there. We know we've got better players than them. We've no, we know that we've got more strength and depth than them. We've been in the Premiership for a season. They've got to learn about it and they will struggle. Mark my words, they'll struggle. I hope they stay up because, as you say, I, I love the, the manager. I think he's really, really good. But I think we've got too much for them. And I think we'll prove throughout the season... We've got too much for a lot of other teams.
3: I think we have to give great credit to Eddie Howe, isn't he? You, you, like, you mentioned him there. You're, you're a big fan of him. I think a lot of people are a big fan of him, and he got his tactics spot on against Leicester on Saturday.
1: Yeah, he did um, for the first half. But um, did we play the right team for the start? For me, you know, I, I, I think to okay, he had a very very good game, and he's he's going to be a great asset to us. He's going to he's going to be an annoying little player. You know, maybe in a, a Tuesday night away from home, in the pouring rain. He he might be that type of player, but um, Okazaki up front, he's not done anything wrong, and he's he scored a goal. He's forming a great relationship with Jamie. The two of them, I mean, you know, they are like whippets, the two of them, closing people down, covering for each other, and getting in the box and taking people on. I what? was a wee bit surprised. Why do you think he that dropped he left him them out? Yeah, why do you think he didn't play him? Well, maybe he saw away from home. Maybe he wanted an extra man in midfield. You know, he had a look at Bournemouth, the way that they played, and he said, but you see, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you look after your own team. You don't pick a team to really play against the opposition, especially Bournemouth. You might do it away at Liverpool or away at Manchester United. You might sort of say, look, we maybe need an extra man in midfield here. But born with a way, I was a wee bit surprised that the, the little Japanese fella didn't play.
3: I think it was slightly unlucky, wasn't he? Because uh, like obviously since his £8 million move uh, from Mainz in the summer... I summit, don't think
1: it's got anything to do with money. I think the, oh, no, I'm think. i just saying, si- si-
3: since his move, he, he, he has been a, a very oh, good player for, for Leicester City. So I do think he but, was but very yeah, unlucky.
1: I've always said, Owen, the way that you get left out of a team is lack of form, injury, or you've been sent off and you get suspended. Now, the lad's in form he scored a goal you know I mean, me personally I would be saying why have you left me out I'm on fire I'm going to get every chance of scoring another goal for us and uh, that's just a wee bit of criticism but got the result
2: I was just going to say Alan you, you, you wondered if Bournemouth had come out with a bit of uh, sort of tactics on Morez as well what you were saying
1: yeah the little lad Gredo. we had him at one stage, he did, didn't we? He, was, he, was, he wasn't
3: that yeah. much of a player when he was yeah, at Leicester. He, Max went, Gredo. He, he left. He left for uh, Leeds, I believe. for Two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Special. I know,
1: but then he had a big move to France, wasn't that? Yeah, he played mm. really well in France. Didn't mm. But anyway, um, I think somebody said a word in the shell, like, have you know, have a have a little go at Mares and he did big style. And I think that's possibly why you know, Ryan got um, taken off.
3: Yeah, I think he went off with a, a back injury. Uh, that, that was the uh, analysis um, from, from the club, uh, the, the back injury that he got from that tackle in the first yeah. minute or so. Well, I and think then that's sort of going to happen on as the, the
1: season pans out, Owen, as well. I think they're going to target the little fella, take him out of the game, keep him from playing. Well, but Spurs... He's, he's going to have to rise above that. Spurs
2: looked like they were putting two players on him to mark him at, in, as soon as the ball went anywhere near as they were, they were doubling up on him.
1: Well, maybe that's why... Um, He's worth fifteen or twenty-five million. So people are saying.
3: We'll get onto that a little later on, um, but we are going to chat uh, a little bit about the formation um, that, that was picked on Saturday. Of course, Shinji Okazaki dropped to the bench uh, for N'Golo Conte, who came in a four-five-one formation slash four-three-three going forward. It's all out uh, swings around about that is, isn't it? But in terms of in terms of the actual formation, do you think that Leicester City now after the game? And it's obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing. Do you think Leicester City now are better suited to play a four-four-two formation rather than a 4-5-1 slash 4-3-3? No, I,
1: don't, I don't for one minute think that Leicester City Football Club, and indeed an awful lot of other clubs, but we're not going to bother about them. Leicester City Football Club, every player has to know where to fit in and how to play, whether it be a 4 4 4 4-5-1, 4 4-2-1-1, whatever the bloody hell it is. They have got to know their jobs. They'll practice it week in, week out in the training ground. If they're going to play a certain way, they will work that way Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They'll work the free kicks, the dead ball situations, corners forward, corners against. Everybody will know their job. And it doesn't matter. Formations are what they are. It's players that make the formation successful or not successful.
3: Mm. Phil, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Leicester City are more suited to, to a four four two formation with the players that they've got?
2: Well, I thought, I liked us at the back end of last season when we were playing three at the back and then sort of had... It was either a three at the back or a five at the back. Well, that's with, fine for you. Know, that's it, great because it worked, on. didn't it? Yeah. It worked, so why change it? Well, well I'm I'm surprised he, he is tweaking it a little bit round because I thought it looked like... I mean, I think 4-4-2, we were saying back end of last season that 4-4-2 is pretty much a date an outdated system in, in the big leagues now in the European side. So... It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Well, there's I, another I, I one. Sorry,
1: sorry to interrupt you, but there's another one. Van Gaal said after the Swansea game, lots of players didn't know their, their, their job. Lots of players didn't know where they were playing. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can't get it right, you know, you're talking about Manchester United, you're talking about the elite, you're talking about world class, you're talking about everything about that. And hey, Leicester City, I believe we're as good as them. We are as good as them. And formations players make them work if players don't fit in to that situation to a back four or a midfield three or whatever formations go out the window and it doesn't matter it's down to players
3: Is it worth uh, considering that obviously Leicester City did bring in five new players uh, they brought in six in total Robert Hooth being one of them but five new players coming in and a different style of football under Ranieri maybe, maybe that is why he's gone to a 4-4-2 Rather than staying with the 3-5-2 that served Leicester City so well At the back end of last season It's a different manager, it's a new season And a new perspective as well And they're not fighting for right. their lives at this time
1: Right, absolutely What formation did he play at West Ham?
3: A 4-4-2 There you go Did it work? Yes There you go but then well, at Bournemouth, he played a 4-5-1 away yeah. from home, a fairly similar game, yeah, but it, and it didn't well, work. And I
1: could argue that he only got a draw. I could say he got a 4-4-2 away at West Ham, an established, or have kind of established, premiership team, but then he goes to Bournemouth, who have just been promoted, and he only puts one up front. Now, where is the logic in that? There must be kind of some kind of logic, but we've got a point. But I'm not saying that... What I'm trying to say is that formations, if he's playing a 4-5-1, you've got a point, Great. Play four four two, you get a win, great. Play three five two, you get a win, great. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about the formation. It matters about the players. Mm, I,
0: mean,
3: I, th- I, th- I think obviously many many people would say uh, that going into the, the opening sort of four games in the Premier League season to come out with uh, the points that Leicester City have got two wins and two draws out their opening four games that's two home wins essentially and two away draws you you could look at that um, and, and and that's and that that would be good. I'm sure many Leicester City fans would like that, wouldn't they, Phil?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that the the manager's, manager's job is to pick a team and vary it around and pick formation that he thinks is going to be the best to get the most points. And and any Leicester fan who's looking at the start we've had, like you've just said, with eight points and, and thinking, well, I'm not sure about some of the formations, I think they, they need to take a look at themselves that we've... We've picked up eight points, and, and he's he is tweaking the team, but that, that's his bloody job. He's a manager, you know. He he is He's tinkering, Phil. He's, he's not the he's in tink- true form. He's tinkering, <laughs> yeah, he's, but he's not. He's just changing it. That's what well. Hasn't. He hasn't. He played 4-4-2-3 four,
1: four, games, and once he's changed it away at Bournemouth. Yeah, but so that, he's that's four fine. Two that's, that's, other that's games. I've
2: not got a problem it, with him
1: tweaking. Does matter it matter about formations? No. It's, as long as like you say people know what they're doing, putting the players. It's not putting round. Pegs into square holes. He's getting the, the right combination. In his mind, to go to Bournemouth and play 4-5-1 was the way that he thought he could possibly win the game. That's fine. That's fine by me. We played well enough to get a point. Did we play well enough to get the, the, the victory? Could he have maybe changed it? Well, he did. He had to change it in the second half. But... Um, what will he, who will he play against Villa now? Well, I was going to well, say what for me, is he going to come out against Villa?
3: Well, it's horses for courses, isn't it? We, I mean, we put the word out on uh, on the official one hundred percent LCFC Facebook page, and asked what the fans thought of this. And Adam Nuttall got in contact. He said, "Lots of Pearson lovers are still in the ranks." I see. Let's not get back on the. Let's not get on the manager's back, should I say, just yet. Maybe shown Bournemouth a little too much respect, but people moaning about playing one up top. Ask yourself how many teams in the league play two. Claudio Ranieri still finding out about his players and to call him the Tinker Man still is unfair he kept the same team and the same system for the first three games he's well within his rights to use a different formation Absolutely. I'm sure we'll see 3-5-2 totally, again before I, totally the end of the agree. season
1: Totally agree with that he's, he's, he is entitled to do that the thing that might work against him is that if he changes formation and we get beat then he changes formation again and we get beat again then they'll start to question his tactics and why he's not playing two up front. Why is he not playing one up front? Why is he not playing three at the back? We've all got an opinion. At the minute, we're unbeaten and we've got something to hang on to, whether we play 4-4-2, 3-5-1 or whatever. It doesn't matter. We've got something to hang on to. We're going into the Aston Villa game unbeaten after four games. We are in the top three of the Premier League. Nothing else matters. We, look, we think, for me personally, this is my opinion now, Arsenal are going to come to our place and they're going to think, can we win? We're going to go out there and think how much we're we going to win by. Well, that's what I think anyway. Every player that pulls on that shirt against Arsenal Villa will go out bursting with energy, bursting with enthusiasm and bursting with belief that we can stay in the top. And, and it's a target, Phil, Owen. It's a target hmm. to, to hang on to. It's someone to hang on to. We're in the top. We don't want to drop out of that top four. Let's stay there. Hmm.
2: I mean he's oh and he's got he's got a balancing act to do, but he's a he's a bloody experienced manager, managed all the top a lot of top clubs around Europe and you know, so the fact that I'm about to say that he's got up and coming Leicester players through the Academy like Dudu and and other ones like that pressing for a place
1: and then One he's got excite, people like what an exciting player he England is by the way. That. Yeah, oh, he looked, you know amazing mm. for a young lad. But he's very highly rated sorry filling in That's you okay. About. And did you see the thing is, there's a the thing as well. Who are you going to play if, if Mark Brighton has a wee bit of dip in form or an injury? Dodo's the boy now. He, he's he's up in the pecking order. He's maybe just behind. Instead of maybe swapping Marais over and playing Jeffrey Sloop further forward and bringing Fooks in at the back, you know. So, little Dodu, stick him in against Villa. Will he do it? Front of the home crowd. Dear
2: me. I mean, that that's what he's got to balance, isn't he? He's got people like he's just signed Inler and Kante and spent lots of money, even Okazaki. Not all of them necessarily Ranieri players. He's got to balance those in with the squad that just did fantastic last season. stay-up. Mm. Had the academy players who are coming through and pushing and knocking through and saying, we want to play as well. It's a great its a great problem for him to have. but well, fantastic and he'll, problem. And he'll deal with it.
1: And do we think, here's just, I'll just throw this back to you. Do you think he's finished yet? I mean, the, the transfer deadline finishes tomorrow night, six o'clock, doesn't it? or tonight six uh, o'clock.
3: Tuesday at 6 o'clock yes yeah, so Tuesday 6 on the day of recording
1: I, you see, I don't know everything everybody um, but <laughs> uh, but Willie is, is there any he, has not, he hasn't denied
3: now there's lots of rumours flying around two, as we, we speak here one or
1: two coming in
3: there certainly is I mean there's always rumours uh, flying around Leicester City ever since the Thai owners sort of uh, came over and, and bought the club didn't they I mean there, there was rumours flying around about all sorts of players David Beckham there was, Ronaldinho sure there was also,
1: but where did they get their money you know, remember over in Malaysia, there was a big um, news um, programme, TV programme on it about the corruption in football and betting against teams and stuff. They were involved in that as well, so they had to get through that too.
0: Mm,
3: mm. Let's uh, move on and take uh, a review of August. I mean, obviously, we, we've, we've finished August now. Five games played in that time. Three wins and two draws. Not too bad, including the Berry game, of course. Um, so it's, it's, not, it's not too bad. I see Phil Holloway giving me a couple five of... Games. Five games? We haven't played five oh, right. games in the Premier League yeah, right. just yet. Um, well, five games, including the Bury, uh Capital One Cup away fixture. And but what best-
1: a rotten, flipping draw.
2: What, West Ham at home? Yeah. Uh, no, it's a Isn't that a draw. pass,
3: hopefully, like a, a, a realistic pass into the next round?
1: Well, I think that will decide what team he plays for, one thing. But I would rather I had, you know, a, a, a smaller <laughs> team and we go away for home. You know, the magic of the cup and stuff. I I I do like that mm. there
2: I think, like you say, if if West Ham come and, and we put out a strong team, which I hope to goodness we will. Well, we've I'd got, got two teams now, Phil. We're yeah.
1: sending we're sending a team of nationals against Barry. For goodness' sake, and I think <laughs> that Hannon, may well no. be that may well be the case in the
3: home game against. Uh,
1: against West Ham in the the League Cup. Sorry Owen, back to August.
3: Back to August, we'll start with Sunderland of course, the first game of the season and and what what a game it was at the start of the season. Yeah, they were very poor but didn't that just highlight how well Leicester City played?
1: They're there to be beat Phil, aren't they? You can only beat what's in front of you Alan. That's right, they're there to be beat. Um, I think we'd be a wee bit disappointed if we conceded two goals. that's, That's the thing out of the game. The negative part of the game that, that I, I sort of look at. But um, the positive side, could have been five, six, seven goals. We were far superior to Sunderland. I don't think, I think they're going to struggle like crazy. But um, it's a home game. It's the first game of the season. It was important that we won it. Just, just on that point there, Alan, you said that we haven't kept a clean
3: sheet yet. Uh, well, sol- Somebody
1: says to me, well, so long as we keep scoring more goals than the other team. Uh, I don't necessarily it's a very agree Kevin Keegan
3: that. way of looking at things.
1: I yeah, know I don't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> it's I would, I would, if you get, if you get, s- if you get ten clean sheets in a season it's ten points, you know, or, yeah. or or potentially it's thirty points.
2: But we we can't seem. That, I know it's only four or five games in, with, including Barry. We can't we haven't kept that clean sheet it's yeah, Casper will be uh, <laughs> he'll be disappointed about that as will people like Huth I would think and, and Morgan
3: I, I'm, I'm sure he will of course no, Ra- so. Ranieri came out in the press didn't he and said uh, I'll give each of my players £10 if they, if they keep a clean sheet <laughs> yeah. so uh, at least he's, he's making jest big of it big
1: time Charlie yeah <laughs> £10, ten, oh, £10. <laughs> but no I think I've been a wee bit flippant there about Casper not at all he's good enough uh, great goalkeeper and he will uh, he'll, 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 he'll get us points this season. Uh, he Don't will be frustrated,
2: that. though. I know when I think he, he will because sets, he sets such yeah. high
1: standards. And, and even Wes and yeah. Big Robert Huth, you know, they love clean sheets. It's when, when so a, a defender's sheet, you dream, watch, isn't it? You watch them. You watch especially two centre-backs and a goalie. If you get a clean sheet, them three get together.
3: Yeah. Okay, let's move on to, to West Ham's because City travel to the bowling ground, Alan. Well done, Owen. Good man. <laughs> and and uh, uh, victorious by two goals to one. Shinji Okazaki's first goal and, and another another very nice finish from Riyad Mahrez as well. Was that a surprise to you two when uh, when Leicester City came came back from the East Ends of London with three points? Because obviously West Ham were were tipped by many with, with the return of Slaven Bilic as well to, to be a very good side this season.
2: Oh, I just think at the moment the, the Premier League looks like. Teams can go away and win, and, and it's it's not very predictable. Uh, stupidly, I had five quid on a ten-game Premier League accumulator on Saturday, um, and I got I think nine out of the ten wrong. Liverpool,
3: you Liverpool know. screwed it up. Liverpool, Chelsea Liverpool let my accumulator down as well. No. And what about
2: Chelsea as well? So, you know, um, but that, that
1: that says a thing about your, about your bet there, Phil. <laughs> like Chelsea, West Ham, have gone to Liverpool, I'm beating three nothing. That's comprehensive. Mm. We've gone to West Ham. And we've comfortably beat them 2-1. Yeah. All right, we had to do a bit of defending and stuff,
3: which you do. Which we would expect uh, in an away game. But
1: but, but you don't expect West Ham to go to Liverpool and win. So either you say, it's a bit crazy this league, or the league's not settled down, or whatever. Don't care. We are unbeaten, and we are in the top four, and we've got to hang on to that.
3: Claudio Ranieri's men spent a third Saturday at the top of the Barclays Premier League when they drew 1-1 with Tottenham as well. A slightly frustrating game. Tottenham played very well. Like, they had a lot of possession.
1: I don't agree. I don't agree that Tottenham played well at all. I thought Tottenham were boring, and I thought they did. They so did not, their job, didn't they, I away they from say home? Alan, a disgrace. But they had no, for me, a will to impose themselves on us. They went forward. They went forward wide. The full backs were pushing on. They went wide, but they got turned back. So they came back halfway line. Center back to center back to left-back, to centre-back, to centre-back, into midfield, to wide, to centre-back. They were, for me, I was bored. I was bored watching Tottenham Hotspur. And I thought I'd never... Tottenham Hotspur are renowned for flair. Mm. You know, big European nights, flair players, etc. Harry Kane up front, for me, was a statue. He might have just stood still. He didn't came on a bit in the second half and caused us a bit more problems because he probably got a rocket up his backside at half-time for his manager. But then Spurs again, did they look as though they had come to the KP Stadium to win that game? No. They came not to get
3: beat. Wouldn't it be part of their game plan, though, not to get beat a, a team that had won their opening two games but and has an atmosphere said, as good yeah, as the King Power yeah, Stadium? but you just
1: said that they played well. You thought that they played well. They were
3: rubbish. They were hopeless. They played well in terms of their game plan. They stuck to their game plan and they yeah, did what but, but was needed.
1: That's easy. That's a doddle just to play it to people who are unmarked. To play the killer ball on your feet, in the penalty area, put runners on. That's brave, that's determination, that's wanting to go and win the game. Tottenham,
3: nah, they if, were lucky to get away with a point. If it's easy though, then when Bournemouth go to the likes of Manchester United, Manchester City, they they, they can't do that, they can't do that, that, that same thing. It, or, or otherwise they would go there and they'd get points all the time. Manchester, Manchester United would draw every home game.
1: Yeah, but let's not talk about Manchester United, they could be the, the weekend. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. how do Tottenham do the weekend?
3: I'm not sure, actually. Ah, drew, they drew nil-nil with Everton, did they not? Yeah, yeah. at home. What at does home, that yeah. tell
1: you as well? I mean, nothing, absolutely nothing to fear. Whether they play 4-5-1, whether they play flipping Johan Cruyff up front, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Let's just say we are what we are. We're looking forward to Villa. Looking back in August, obviously. But the Tottenham game, for me, was was, was boring. I could have walked. I could have left at half-time. Not saying that I didn't even want to watch Leicester City but Tottenham for me were so boring
2: I think if the game had gone on just maybe five minutes more I think Leicester would have won it I think that, that Leicester we were, really, we turned heat, they? They really turned as on the heat didn't they as soon He's as we went, got the equaliser
3: once, once they uh, conceded obviously 75 seconds later Riyad Mahrez smashes one into the, yeah. into the far post that was a stunning goal and, and one that I don't think I've seen the King Pass hit him go that crazy for a goal uh, in, yeah. in a fairly long time, because I have to say, in terms of fans' celebrations, they were pretty hectic towards the end of last season because they knew what was at stake. But that was just incredible. There was a lot
1: of relief in that as well. I think you know because we're coming, we, we we're, we're thinking Spurs beat them. Let's beat them. At least, at least get a draw. Oh no, we're one 0 down. Oh, there's hardly we've any fought, time with, left. Nine minutes to go. There's there's five minutes to go we're not going to get this back. Bang, we've got it. Goal. Huge relief. Huge support. And everything. But even after that, where's his hit one against the keeper's chest? How lucky was he? I think you Wes know? Morgan headed Mares, that ball
3: too well. If he'd if he'd have uh, if he'd have got a slight like if he'd oh, got yeah. slight touch yeah. on it, it'd have, have flew into the bottom
1: corner. Six inches either side, of the goalkeeper's in the back. Then, then Maris goes and hits the foot of the post with the keeper being. You know, and we could have won the game two or three one. If
2: I was going to be critical of Wes Morgan, which I know some fans are sometimes, but generally I like him as a player all round. That scoring th- headers like that. That is just he's. It's something that he doesn't get enough of, and I I go back to people like Matt Elliott and Steve Walsh, who you know that they would have banged that in. They'd bang in five or six of those a season that could mm. just make you those extra points. And it's a shame. It's a shame he hasn't quite got that.
1: That I think he's done all he game. can. I think he did all he can, Phil. I think I he think, did no, everything. Was there's a crowded penalty the area, and he's got a good contact on the ball, which is what you're looking for. It just so happens that the goalkeeper was where he was. But when we get a corner,
2: I don't think, oh, get Morgan up there because he's going to bang a header in because he doesn't generally do it.
1: I think a lot of people have been saying that over the last couple of seasons. Mm. When are we going to get a goal for a corner? When are we going to get a goal for a free kick, etc.? Mm. And Wes and Vasilevsky and Robert Huth and, you know, those people going up. I, I remember remember, I remember, I remember, when I was at Notts County and uh, Neil Warnock, yes, I know a lot of people don't like him, but he's a, he's a good friend. He said to his centre-half, Craig Short, why are you going up for corners? He said, well, maybe to get a flick on or something like that. He said, right, don't bother. He said, if you want to go up, a corner, up for a corner, imagine the ball in the back of the net coming off your head. He said, if you're not going to imagine that and go up there and think goal, then just stay in the halfway line. He took his advice and ended up with about seven or eight goals that season.
2: That's why I say a centre-half can be quite a lethal weapon with their height. I mean, who's massive? But yet again, doesn't weigh You know, doesn't weigh in with that many headers from corners. And it, it, I'm just saying, I just think I'm picking up on the fact that things like Morgan, you're saying, oh, he headed it straight at the keeper. He had a good header there, and it's in the dying moments of a game where you know, bang that in like a Steve Walsh, Matt Elliott used to for Leicester. That's that turns one point into
3: three. Mm, it certainly does. We move on to the Capital One Cup tie with uh, with Barry. Uh, on the twenty fifth of August, and the night belonged to Joe Dodoo, of course, the nineteen the year old who came through the academy uh, at Leicester City. Made his he's made he made his first senior appearance, let alone his uh, his first start, his debut, and he scores a hat trick, and not just a hat trick, a very good hat trick indeed.
1: What must he have been thinking, sat in that away dressing room at Gig Lane, and just looking around him, looking at the internationals, looking at the the, the captains of their country, the players that have played all over the world and played in Europe and everything. And he sat there. Joe Dodu, little boy for Nottingham.
3: He is, yes, he's from, from Nottingham.
1: Nottingham. Yeah. Ghanaian parents. They'll soon... England better get a hold of... I think he's already played for England, hasn't
3: he? Uh, I think he has played, represented England at a right. uh, at, at a, a youth level. But um, what,
1: what must they have been thinking just sat there? Would,
3: Go on, Alan, you tell us. What was it
1: like on your debut? Tell us... Can you remember? I remember <laughs> saying to Martin Henderson, as we were just left the tunnel at Filbert Street, I remember saying to him, look after me, Martin, because I was so, so nervous.
2: What, what, what was your very first um, debut? Who was that for? Your first professional debut? I like. Oldham Athletic. And what was it like when you sat there? Because there were some good old players there, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. So
1: yeah, There were some, some very good players away at Portsmouth, Tuesday night. I mean, our supporters were one man and his dog. <laughs> yeah, I can't it imagine was pouring you big down sport. And I managed to get... I got. I came on a sub, made my debut sub, and managed to score. So you scored on got your debut? Yeah, so you've So
2: you've got an understanding of what he must have felt like.
1: Yeah, oh, it's, it's a, catch me. You know, once he yeah. <laughs> goes in the net, it's like 100... You usually go and celebrate with your supporters, but as I say, there was one man and his <laughs> dog there <laughs> that night. Um, I think the rain maybe put everybody else off, but no, I, I can imagine how he's feeling before the game but but different players are different in, in different ways Phil and the little lad he might have he might be the most confident lad in the world he might just sort of shrug it all off go yeah I do this every week mm. it's nothing new to me I can handle this and that's great if you get one of them because the dressing room can be a, a ferocious place
2: I was going to say what are other players like when when you scored on your debut because yeah. you're obviously the new boy there is there, is there a bit of you know, is everybody jealousy. backing you or a bit of jealousy? Yeah, is it a bit of No, no who's, no, this, no, no, who's this new boy who's going to. No, well, maybe, maybe, maybe he's a was out of the
1: team now. Of clubs. Leicester City, never, no. And I managed to score two in my debut, which set everything up. It made, made things easy. Young Joe, now, because he scored a hat trick, he'll be going and people will, There'll be expectations will, will sort of rise a wee bit. But I would personally, there's nothing better than when you get a kid from a certain age and you bring them all the way through the system and you stick him in your first team. In a couple of years, if if he establishes himself this season or next season in the Premiership, he's only a kid in the Premiership, I would first of all applaud Mr Ranieri for for looking at the youth team and saying, yes, he's good enough. And uh, then up to the lad to, to where does he go from here? Our first team, Jamie Vardy's done it. Mark Albrighton, I feel, should have done it. He could find himself with a white shirt on.
3: Mm, he certainly could, and he could join Andy King, Jeff Schlupp, and Liam Moore. Essentially, in, in a few years' time, in the in, in Leicester City starting eleven, that's that's four players from the academy. And uh, in the Premier League, I mean, there's no well, doubt. There's no doubt Andy King and Jeff Schlupp are Premier League quality.
1: Yeah, and what, what point? What point is there having an academy um, if you don't boy, use it? If you don't use it, don't use the kids. Exactly. I mean, the big clubs, your Chelsea and all that, they don't take a chance on kids many times. Manchester United, they Man, had they had their big seasons, but.
2: I think man I think I might be wrong here but I'm, I believe Manchester United have had a player in their Premier League team who's come through the academy they've at least had one player they've brought through for something like 25 years I oh, think no, that's I like a stat
3: that I'd need to check but I believe that's mm. right well, well I mean I, so, I, for, for me though have they have they produced um, players from their academy that are in the same league as, as, as you when look, David Beckham Gary Neville, players, Neville if you look at the number Neville, of
1: players Manchester United have released Danny Drinkwater, Richard Dallat Matty yeah, James. Matt James you look at all the other players the Keane boys Michael Keane and Will Keane as well and I tell you what there's, there is that so many of them that get to 18-19 they say off you go off
3: you go to another club and they and they cash them in for, for, for what? 200,000, 400,000 pounds. Why don't they keep them and uh, it, again it's all it's all hypothetical. They could potentially keep them. By a couple of games in the Premier League, they have that Premier League experience on the CV. 2 million pounds. You've
1: got to find out. And the only way of finding out about the kids is sticking them in the first team. I mean, no it, other way.
2: It, it's it's amazing that the Premier League teams won't take chances on younger players. I'm still amazed as we stand here, Charlie Austin's not signed for any Premier League Team yet, it seems like nobody wants to take a chance. Well, on there was rumors like
3: Leicester being linked. There was but. rumors of Chelsea being in for, for Charlie Austin. Uh, there was I'm rumors not, I, of I, I Arsenal, do, do. Newcastle.
1: I'm not surprised because i I think he's all right, but I don't think he's great. I don't think he's
3: 50 million pounds for a guy who scored 18 Premier League goals last season. It's not too bad. I, I understand
1: Leicester. all that, but I, I'm not a great fan. You of don't else. want him at City. Not a great. No. No, you? Better, I think he's no better than what we've got.
3: I remember on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about Charlie Austin and um, one fan commented that he would offer four or five million uh, plus Leonardo Ujowa for Charlie Austin. Thoughts on that, guys?
1: Now that's possibly viable and reasonable because I'm not saying Charlie Austin isn't a good player. In fact, when, when QPR played at our place last game of the season, I was quite impressed with him. Yeah, I was I'm quite impressed with his player. movement, and I was quite impressed with his attitude as well. Yeah, because he was on the verge of joining Jamie um, in the England squad at well, that he, time, yeah, he and did, he got did, named in the England yeah. squad. So uh, you could see, and, and you could see his frustration at his teammates as well. Yeah, you know,
2: he, still, he scored, didn't he?
3: Against us, I believe. Charlie Austin did, yeah. yeah on, on the final game of the season, yeah, and the five-one yeah. win uh, over. So him. yeah, he was then, a good header. Actually.
1: So so there, for you're, you're trying to put a price on his jaw. Or will he fit in, in the Premiership? I've my doubts, and I always, I've always said that. I think um, he has to work a great deal on his first touch. He's got to know where the ball's going out before it comes in, and there, there are a few things lacking that maybe Charlie Austin has that maybe our team can bring out of him. But um, I think it's, I think it's, it's wise to leave well alone at the moment.
3: Before we get to the final question of the show, which I'm sure will uh, spark uh, quite a large debate, let's talk Bournemouth again. On, uh, of course, uh, he was, that was the final game of August. Like we've already said, it was a good point rather than two points dropped and leaves Leicester City third in the table going into the international break. That's only a good thing. Not many Leicester City fans would think they would be going into the international break in third place, would they, Phil?
2: No, I mean, I think if you'd have offered that to every single Leicester City fan at the start of the season, they'd have... Uh, I would have all said, yeah, we'll have that. And... Uh... And I think that's that's pretty true as to where we're at. But um, having reflecting back now on it, I think you know possibly the Spurs game we could have got three points. And, and you look at Bournemouth and think,
1: well, maybe even there was three points there. So but you see that, that you know, you're talking I'm, the, the I'm, way that you're talking now it's totally not different expectation. Now. Yeah, well, you're even it. thinking why don't we beat Spurs? You, the, the supporters that we talked to coming away from the Spurs game, they were disappointed, really, really disappointed that we hadn't beat them. Is that not a measure? That's great.
2: But I think that's good that fans are thinking that way because we've had nine or eight or nine years since we were last in the Premier League of of misery at times. And it's nice to sit there and think, yeah, this is back to where we were under Martin O'Neill, where we can play teams like Spurs and bring on Arsenal, bring them on, and we we can beat them. And we used to have that lack... I mean, we've been using that hashtag fearless thing for the la- later part of last season, but that's what it used to be like under Martin O'Neill, where we wouldn't fear any team coming to Filbert Street. We would take them on and we'd fancy doing it. Same when you were playing, Alan. There was periods there where you could bring the Liverpools on and we would have a go at them and we would beat them. Yeah, you know. So I think those days are back and fans are feeling more positive and feeling like, you know, maybe this is the season that we push on to Europe. Quite possibly. well. I,
1: I remember seeing one. Um, when, when we got into the championship and then we we got to, we just missed the playoffs, we, that, that was a season of learning because there were an awful lot of young players in the team, Anthony, Njokar, etc. young players. I, I, I thought, well, we had to find out about the championship and how to win. Next season, we went on to absolutely scoosh it because we knew what was required. We knew how to t- win games. We knew how to go places miles away and get a point in the pouring rain, in a Tuesday freezing cold. We learned how to win games and we, we absolutely smashed it. I also said that our first season, the Premiership, we're going to have to learn about the Premiership as a group, as a team, as a squad, as a manager, to learn about the the, the um, about the Premiership. We left it a wee bit too late that season, but we've we'll, done enough at the end of the season, and we've learned. We've learned from that experience. Now we're in it. We're, we are where we are because of what we are. We've learned. We've taken on a stage further. There's no fear. I mean, E-Banks, Blake, I remember smashing Liam Moore at Wolverhampton away. We lost Liam for 20 games, and he came back against Brighton. And it was sort of like welcome to the championship at that time for Liam. OK, he's not gotten in the team this time, but he's a, he's a valuable asset, and he will do. He'll have a role to play, but I think we've learned about the Premiership, and no, nothing scares us now
3: indeed let's get on to the final question of today that I want to ask you both very much a hypothetical question of course and it regards Riyad Mahrez now Alan we were talking uh, before before we went on air about um, Riyad Mahrez of course in this transfer window that's just gone he has been linked with uh, an all manner of different um, different clubs due to his performances that that he's produced throughout August and the recent one the most latest one is a 15 million pound move to Arsenal now for saying he's a player that Leicester City bought for £400,000, that'd be very good business. But at this point in time, Riyad Mahrez, if a club did come in for him on deadline day for £15 million, would you take it? No. Why?
1: Because I think the player, we need him. We, we need him. He's, he's a big part of our lineup, our starting line-up. So long as we can keep him fit and healthy and get him in the team and keep him on it. He, he works on his form and stuff like that. He's a go-to man. Whenever we need something, we need a wee bit of brilliance, we need something special, a wee bit of spark. He's the guy that, that, that provides it. And apart from that, I don't think that the owners need the money. I think fifty million's pocket money for them, and they don't need it. Um, what would you rather have, $50 million in the bank, off the overdraft or whatever, or Raheem Mares tearing the, tearing the nonsense out of defenders for your football team? I don't think I don't think they'd sell him. Even at twenty million.
3: Phil, is he is he worth more than fifteen million pounds to Leicester City because of because of how well he fits into the side in terms of the team. Um can you can you bring a player in for fifteen million who's gonna come and slot straight into that team with the understanding that Marriage has got? I think that's a tricky one
2: because I think the answer is we we wanna keep him. So we we put a high price tag on him. I think if I'm I don't want to sell him at all. I think one day he will go to somewhere like Arsenal. I could see Somebody like Arsene Wenger wanting him, and I could see what time limit, what time
1: frame do you put in. I'm, on, I'm Phil? thinking,
2: I'm thinking maybe in 18 months time or 12 two months years, time. Yeah, two, two years. And like I think when we're in banks, in Europe, Phil. Well, maybe not. I mean, if 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 we've that sport, and you're selling before. your best players. But no, if, 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 if Leicester City are teams, still, teams
1: that are in Europe don't sell their best players, if we can make Europe, I think that will keep. Players and, like and he'll be there to help us make Europe. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what they've got to look at.
3: But I in, in two years' time, if Leicester City is still finishing 10th in the Premier League, and there's, you've got a player like Riyad Mahrez and a club like Arsenal comes in for him, you, you can't really not no, let think, him
2: go. I think most Leicester fans, if we are in that sort of position, it's lots of ifs, buts and maybes, but I think most Leicester fans would realised that at some point, teams like Arsenal, if they did come, or uh, you know, a PSG or a Man United and wanted Mahrez... Most, most fans have got to be honest and say yes you know there's going to be attractions for a player like Merez to go on and step up to those sorts of clubs where they've got sixty, seventy thousand funds and and are making champions league so I'd, I'd come back to your original question do I think we want to sell him 15 million the answer is no and I hope we don't I don't think we will by the way because I agree with Alan totally that I don't think that, that, that there's any need if, financially for the club to sell him i think the 15 million price tag would be about right i think if 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 anybody did come in and buy him that that would be I, i'm not i think some fans are going oh he's worth 25 30 million i think they need a bit of a reality check he had a good good spells last season and he's he he looks an, a much more improved player even this season but
1: because he's learnt about the yeah, premiership but I, do i think he's worth expect. a lot more
2: than 15 million pounds no i don't and i think you know i think in some, well, I think he's we're lucky. playing
1: against some top class defenders, international class defenders over the last oh, the start of this season. And he's made them look stupid. I we're, rest my case. We're, we're, I agree,
2: we're we're lucky that the, the owners have got bags of money and don't need to sell him because for lots of clubs it, to buy a player for five hundred thousand and have people sniffing around at fifteen million would say that's great business. Let, you know, we we will sell him on and reinvest that into a. You know, you've got to look at people like Kanté and, and and Inler, who we've just bought, who were seasoned seasoned internationals, proven at a high level. You know, Inler being the Swiss captain and playing for Napoli at a high level, and we've just bought him for what five six million. And to, to have Marez, I know he's a younger, exciting flair player. At uh, people saying fifteen million, I think mm. you know, that's that's a great. Great place, but it's come down to consistency for Merez. He's got to do it week in, week out for a bit more to really prove it.
1: Well, I think he has. He had a bit of a stinker against Spurs in the first half. I'll give him that. But you've got to accept that. You've got to accept you now and again that he maybe doesn't track back and defend because, as I say, he is your go-to player. and to, You don't want him back on your own goal line. You want him to stay up the pitch as far as he can be so you get the ball to him. And let him do his stuff. It's as simple as that. But he, there's no way, no way in this world are we going to sell him at this point in time. The, my only slight criticism of him
2: is I just wish sometime, this season occasionally it's looked for a pass because there's been times where he's took on a couple of players and you think, oh, there was there was a side pass there that would have released somebody. He sometimes runs just, up Goldie Yeah, though. and you just think, oh, you know, it's too predictable a little bit that he's going to try and mazy run every time and then shoot. It but is I, predictable,
1: I, I, but, but defenders, buy yeah, defenders buy it. Defenders buy When he goes to cross, and turns it back across him, goes to hit it, turns it back across him, goes to hit it. The defender's gone for a cup of coffee for goodness sake. Yeah, they don't know you where know, to go. It's just, sometimes at the end, but he could sometimes he do that and then just pick it out like Sometimes he just maybe needs to do a couple of tricks and toe poke. Yeah. Anything like that. But players like that who have that ball skill and that capacity, they find it a wee bit difficult to get their head up. Yeah. You know, get their head up and see the big picture, see what's happening in the middle. Do a do a do a do a do a pass, do a cross-it, do a take-on. Maybe a wee bit of that. Maybe getting getting hold of the ball, getting his head up a wee bit quicker.
2: The, rea- the real high flyers like Messi, who mm. are that sort of player... They're the ones who they seem to do it so effortlessly that they'll they'll either produce that and score, or they you will just Mahrez, lay that ball off, Mahrez which creates a goal.
1: Mahrez wouldn't look out of place in Barcelona's team or Real Madrid's team. He you look you out think of place. you rate him that highly? He Allen's wouldn't name. look out of place. You stick him in with those guys, he wouldn't look out of place. Yes, yeah, I agree. Sometimes
2: players who play with better players, it just helps them, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, but he's he's got he's got beautiful feet, beautiful touch. He can finish. He's got tricks. He'd fit in there, no problem at all. But Bold. he's going nowhere.
3: Bold statement, Alan. Going nowhere. R- Riyad Mahrez would fit in alongside Cristiano Ronaldo, Gareth Bale, and Kag. absolutely.
2: So and most people will listen to this podcast after the transfer window uh, has closed. Yeah. So we're we're having to guess because we're recording it before. But I, I know I certainly we're all going for the he won't go anywhere. He's not going
1: anywhere. I
3: don't I, I don't I don't think it's a problem that uh, less. I think the back door at Leicester City is is locked. Um, I don't think anyone will be going anywhere unless it's on loan. For example, Liam Moore might go out there's on loan, more, Yeah, there's more
1: chance uh, some players leaving, but, but certainly not Raheem Mahrez, not at all.
3: Before we go, let's chat and uh, wish good luck to all the Leicester City uh, players that are off on international duty uh, in, the, in the next week or so and hopefully they don't come back with any injuries either of course Jamie Vardy being called up for England Gokhan Inler is in the uh, Switzerland side Christian Fuchs has been uh, included in the Austria squad of course he's the Austrian captain Absolutely. as yeah. well Andre Kramrich is in the Croatian squad Andy King and Tom Lawrence both feature in the Wales squad Kasper Schmeich has been called up for Denmark Shinji Okazaki is in the Japan <laughs> team Jeffrey Schlupp has played, is playing for Ghana Riyad Mahrez is in the Algeria side uh, Simonas Stankuthius I think is how you pronounce his name he, he uh, leads the way into the senior Lithuanian side of course he's, he's only a young lad from, from right. the academy uh, Ben Chilwell has been named in the England Under-20 squad and Brandon Fox and Elliot Moore are both in contention for the England Under-19 squad as well
1: Robert Vasilevsky?
3: Uh, I don't think wozleski has been caught up for playing.
1: Oh, the grade. big fella, bad luck. It's
3: going to be
2: a quiet week down at uh, Beaver Drive, isn't it? Isn't it, just it's Just
1: enough <laughs> for off. a five-a-side.
3: <laughs> if that, do they have 10 but players hey, look at the that.
1: Side? Listen to what you've just said. I'm I'm gasping. I'm going, wow. Wow, it's taking it, it, my it, breath away. Isn't it, was, it, just? it was
3: almost like you were waiting for me to finish after the every name. Um, yeah, and you went I on and on and on. I think on. it's been a long while. If not, this is the first time ever that Leicester City have had that amount of players... Mm-hmm. Being called up for international duties.
2: Am I right in saying that next a week on Tuesday we could have Jamie Vardy play against England?
1: Yeah, at Wembley.
2: England against Switzerland. Switzerland
1: yeah, and my daughter will be, be watching. Exciting. My daughter will be watching that in Switzerland in Basel, right? And I think she's going to be watching this and listening to this as well. Bad luck, love. We're <laughs> going to beat you. Or sorry, hang on. England are going to beat you. <laughs> See now
3: he counts, He counts. Alan is now counting himself as an Englishman. You no, should be sat in that England shirt. I'm,
1: well, <laughs> well, I'm working for the Football Association. So uh, I had, I, no, I've lived and worked all my life in, in, in England. It's, I would never go back to
3: Scotland to live, never in a million years. You watch, you will be saying me duck and cob soon, Phil. He'll be all right.
1: All right, love.
3: (laughs) Anyway, uh, that is all we've got time for for today's show. Thank you very much uh, for joining us, guys. It's been a massive pleasure to have you along, of course. Uh, We'll be back next week with the next edition of the podcast. And you can also keep your eyes open for any news on the 100% LCFC Facebook page and the Twitter page as well. That's at 100LCFC. And why not check out the website? That's www.LesterFanTV.com and do get in contact with the show. You can find all the details on how to do that in the Description of this track. Can Jamie Vardy get a goal on his uh, second England camp? We'll have to see. But from all here at the 100% OCFC podcast, including myself, Owen Palmeratkin, Alan Young, and the chief editor of 100% OCFC, Phil Holloway, it is goodbye.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery.